0: Uh, so we're talking about justification, sanctification, how those are, uh, two boxes that we, uh, that scripture has up and running, uh, for us and that we should have up and running too. If we're to understand, you know, 85% of the Bible, which is commands, if we don't want to just toss them out. And so a uh, bad option number two that we were talking about last week was this idea that you just toss out the commands They say, so the only use of the law, the only use of commands is to drive people to believe in Jesus, to say uncle, to say mercy. (laughs) And that is a legitimate use of the law. Um, Calvin called it which use of the three? First use. use, Yes. First use of the law. Think think the first thing that happens to you as you come in the door. First use of the law is that it drives you to faith in Christ. You say, like I said, as an eighth grader reading the Beatitudes, I can never meet this standard. And so the, the person uh, who has the spirit of God working upon him understands, has the honesty to admit, I have not done this and I don't see that I can do this. in in the kind of degree that Jesus is saying, you know, I knew I could not murder somebody, but Jesus said the the Command against murdering included what? Hate. 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 Yeah, and that was a huge motivation for me as an eighth grader and had been um, through my soccer playing career especially, you know, h- to humiliate my opponent. <laughs> uh, you know, and so, I, you know, I just, I couldn't foresee how that would work um, in, in life and, and, that I, uh, and that I couldn't meet it. So that's the first use of the law to drive us to Christ. And so this bad option says after um, the law, the commands of God in scripture have driven you to say, I believe in Jesus and I need him for my salvation, which is a good thing Okay, the law has that function. Um, after it does that, bad option number two, as we're talking about it, throws out the law and says, okay, all the commands now have had their function. Don't pay attention to those things. Now, churches that believe this, um, are they consistent with it? What do you think? No. Um, are there sermons without commands and exhortations? Uh, yeah. They're supposed to be, but they're not. As soon as a, as soon as a sermon in a, in a church with this theology tells you to do anything... It's, it's been inconsistent with its view on the law. It's just giving you a command, even if the command is love somebody else. Um, and and so, so they can't live by this theology that says, the commands have nothing to do with the believer, okay? And so, as, as our, our, our ruling elders rightly do um, when uh, they read the scriptures, they say that from the Westminster Confession, it summarizes it this way, that, that the law of God is our, the word of God is our only rule for faith and life. So faith is the justification part. That's what the Westminster Confession writers meant. Only rule for faith. What, what does it mean to have faith in Jesus? And why do you have faith in Jesus? That's the justification box. But they say it's our only rule for faith and life. How we live. And those are the commands. And that is um what what use the law of the three um did Calvin say that was? That the law, the commands, have a use to guide the Christian. Which which number? Two? No, the first. Uh, uh. Three. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the first is to drive you to Christ, the second is to temper the nations. That's the law of God is written on everyone's heart. So, no matter what atheism or Hinduism or whatever a person's grown up in, they know they shouldn't murder somebody. Because that's part of their frame. Okay, Romans 1 and 2. Part of their frame is they have the law of God written on their hearts. That's what Paul tells us. Okay? So, it doesn't mean they know what a guilt offering is. It's not that specific but it is at least love god and love neighbor and this is why when someone steals something they tiptoe away and look around because the law of god is written on their heart they know that's wrong they know they have violated somebody by taking their stuff okay without without asking right i go great (laughs) um and and so um so, so uh the law of God is written on the hearts. That's the second use of the laws, Calvin put it, and that tempers the nations. It means that even non-Christian nations are not as bad as they could be. Now, if if you go to a, a nation that has Buddhism or Hinduism, you're going to get cheated out the wazoo, okay? And and you know, talk to somebody who's Indian, Pacific Indian, or Chinese or whatever. They laugh about the fact that they've cheated somebody out of or that they convinced somebody, you know, in, in bartering that this was worth a lot. And, and they they will make the sale and then laugh at the person they just sold the thing to. Uh, and that's true. I mean, talk to talk to somebody who's been in those countries that, you know, that comes out very, and they're not, I mean, their, their conscience is just kind of seared in that kind of way. Um, but those countries are... are They're not murdering people, and they're not uh, just a state of robbing everything, okay? And that's the, uh, not murdering people all the time, okay? Um, uh, So that's the second use of the law. The third use of the law is a guideline for the Christian. Okay, that's what Calvin called it. It's not in the Bible, third, first, and second use. But it is three, those are three um, ways that God in Scripture Shows us his law is used. One is to drive us to Christ. Uh, two is, is it tempers the nations. It means the nations are not as bad. So Paul says a, a non-believer's conscience bothers him when he does wrong. And a non-believer's conscience pats him on the back when he does right. He says the conscience of, of the Gentile who has not the law of Moses accuses and approves of him. Um, and, and so um, that's the, the second use of the law. The third use of the law is that the law is for us. And so David says, oh, how I love your law. It makes me wiser than my enemies. Um, and, and he gives all these benefits of the, of the law. And this is God the Father treating us as sons that he loves, giving us rules and regulations for our own good. Not a rule or regulation so that we can experience something that would be great for us. A rule and regulation so that we go, we obey him into something that's really good for us. And so that we don't do something that would hurt us and hurt the people around us and damage our reputation. Um, And so that's why God gives us the law because he's a loving father who gives us um, a fence around our lives and says, no, 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 go ahead, play inside the fence. Please play inside the fence and enjoy it. Okay, those are the positive commands of the law. We're playing inside the, the, the playground fence. But then God says, but don't play outside the, the fence because there's a busy street there and you'll get run over if you chase the ball into the, into the street there and aren't looking both ways. You know, and even there's a, a regulation. If you go into the street, look both ways, make sure car's not coming, then go get your ball or your Frisbee, whatever it is. Okay, does that make sense? So, so what this second bad option does is it takes a justification where we have spiritual birth, um, child, child of God, um, adoption, sins forgiven, um, by faith alone, no works, that's all good, Okay, that's a good justification box there. But then it sees the laws outside there and it does this. It says, boop, we don't want you. We're Christians. And so the only box um, there is, oh, you can't see the, the uh, border there. But there is a border there. That's a justification box. Um, oh, do you see it? Okay, great. It's just not on those. Great. So it's there. Um, so the Christian has only the justification box in this viewpoint. There's nowhere for the law. So if you're a Christian and you're wondering, should I have a couple of affairs at work while I'm married? You're without help. <clears throat> right? We're being consistent with that option too. You're without help. Don't cheat. All right, that's what what people in option two cheat with. They know it. They're not having two affairs at work, hopefully. Um, uh, They're remaining faithful to their uh, spouses. Um, So they cheat. They borrow capital from us, the two boxers. Or they go back to bad option one and they say, well, yeah, I shouldn't have an affair at work and if i do i've lost my salvation because i have got one box okay and, and this is the argument that by the way there's king vitamin great yes quaker uh anyone remember quisp yeah yeah quaker quisp too. Yeah, really still oh, sorry. Right? Yes. what's that yes quaker squares are a thing yes, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so that's the the freedom in Christ in, in quotes argument of you know we've been freed from the obligation to follow the
0: laws, right? In, then, in in bad option number two, yeah, bad yes, number yeah.
1: Right. <clears throat> yeah. Despite yeah. the I didn't come to destroy
0: it, but I didn't know it. right? You so know? so let's let's pull up that a little bit. So. Matthew is rightly saying, in, in bad option number two, um, so back here where we just, got, we, have, we just have the justification box, in bad option number two, um, the claim is, but we're free in Christ. We don't have laws to obey, we're free. But then scripture comes back and says, but if you do sin, what's your status in terms of being free? What's Paul talk about? You're, you're, you're in slavery. Uh, Jesus, Jesus says that, you know, that he who does sin is a slave to sin, John 8. And so that viewpoint is anti-scriptural, anti-Jesus and anti-Paul. Freedom is being inside the playground, surrounded in a busy city, surrounded by a 12-foot fence, on all four sides, and you got tons of room. And you got jungle gyms, you got a a kickball field, uh, you got a place to play soccer, football, smear the queer, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I said that on purpose. It is back before the word got uh, uh, hijacked by the homosexual community. A, a queer was just a person who, who was a, a guy who wasn't tough. Yeah. Like rainbow, Yes, that's right. I got this shirt. You know, I was supposed to run my marathon yesterday, and I I couldn't do it, because, you know, so I, I didn't go because my, uh, my knee still hurts. Um, but I, I raised money for St. Jude um, to, to do that, and, um, so I didn't lose any money cause it was, it was free since I raised money for St. Jude. But, um, so they sent me this, this running shirt, which was really cool, but it's got like multi-colors down the side and I'm like, oh man, and it wasn't, I don't think it was trying to be like pro whatever. Yeah, maybe it was, but, um, so anyway, I'm, I'm bummed about that cause it's a nice shirt. Um, Anyway, so I don't, wanna, I don't wanna promote something that uh, leads people into slavery, which is what homosexualism does. You know, that's slavery. Uh, it's being um, defined by sexual practice, right? Um, so um, let's see what we're talking about. Oh, okay, so freedom is being in the playground and being to run all over the place and being able to go full speed two feet from the fence and knowing that if you lose control, the fence will catch you and you still won't be run over by a car. That's freedom, to to, to be able to run full speed and play and throw the ball as hard as you want to and not have to worry, oh, we're playing dodgeball here, but I can't really throw it in that direction at that guy because the street's behind him. And so either I hit him squarely or he catches it. And if I don't, then it's going across the street and I want to run and fetch it. Okay, That's not freedom. I'm constricted in terms of how I play dodgeball at that point. And so freedom is being within God's law, and it's uh, 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 living in the way we were framed to live. Okay, so we're putting gas in our gas tank and not grape jam. Okay, so, so the, the argument that we're not um, uh, obliged to, obligated to, to uh, uh, obey the, the law of God. Um, now, we're not for justification, but we are in our sanctification. But the, 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 the line from bad option two, that if we obey the law of God, then we're not free, that's false. Uh, because... What, what that does Jesus says if you go into that if you go into sin if you transgress my commands Jesus says then you're a slave to sin then your dodgeball game is affected then your running is affected all the freedom that you had with this big fence all around you protecting you from doing things that are harmful to you from having harm done to you that's then that's gone and it's you're not free if you're dead on the road because you just got run over by a truck. You're, you're not free if you've committed adultery, and then you know, like uh, I remember uh, Benjamin Bratt when he was on um, uh, Law and Order. Here's my favorite uh, he, when he and Lenny were together. Those are my favorite. That was my favorite combination in mid like ninety six, ninety seven on Law and Order. And at the end of one, uh, at the end of maybe the ninety five, ninety six season. He committed adultery, and so the next season opens, and he's just downing rollades. And his partner says, "What's going on? Uh, what was his name? Ray. What's going on, Ray?" And because he's just nervous, because you know he loved his wife, he loved his family, but he had committed adultery, and he's nervous he's going to get caught. That's not freedom. Freedom's being able to say, "No, I haven't done that," and not having your conscience bother you. That's freedom. If your conscience is bothering you, then you're not. Then you're not free. Uh, if you've done something that somebody could have seen, then you're nervous, and you're not free. Um, you're always waiting for maybe somebody saw that, and they're going to turn me in, and then my life's going to go to pot. Okay. Um, does that make sense? Okay. So so you're not. free. Free, you know. What, th- think about being on the other side of adultery. Okay, if you and your your spouse are believers, and you don't have the law of God to constrain you into what you were framed for, you were framed for faithfulness to one spouse until death. That's what you're framed for, and outside of that, things are going to go screwy in your head, and your psychology, and your in your heart, and your mind. Um, and perhaps in your body as well. And, and so, um, if you're if you're the innocent party to adultery, you know, then see how if you don't have the law of God, what damage that brings to you. Um, even though you're you're not the one who's transgressed it, you know. If other if other Christians aren't obeying the law of God, then your life it, it goes into chaos because then. You know your your kids have split parents um and, and you know things are difficult you know there are two thanksgivings two christmases all that kind of thing that's hard stuff um in life freedom is one family one spouse no guilt before your spouse no guilt before your kids um And so the the law of God is something, something good. So when we get rid of, like this, this big one justification box and we get rid of all the commands, one, we're never gonna be consistent with that theology because we're not gonna go out and rob banks. Okay, we know that's trouble for us. So we are going to obey the law of God. And so we're gonna cheat on our theology there. So instead, we just get theology that, that fits everything. Um, theology always works. They okay? know that. I remember your Richard Pratt in seminary saying, if your theology doesn't work, if your theology is driving everyone insane by obeying it, you need to go back to the drawing board because you got it wrong in Scripture. Because if you're obeying the Scripture, it's good for you and good for your soul. You know what his example was when he was a young pastor, he believed in common cup communion where everybody drank out of the same cup. And then one Sunday afternoon, he got a call from the hospital because someone had hepatitis. So he went back to the drawing board and thought, does scripture really say we need to all drink from one cup? And he realized, no, it's not that specific. Um, And so, you you know, (laughs) scripture is good for us. Um, Okay. So, there's King Vitamin. forget why we mentioned him the other day. Um, so bad option two to annihilate the commands of god uh, let's let's start um over with Sam, Sam. can you read that bottom uh, little cross there, starting with to seek. Okay, thank you. So that's the, that's the wrong view. That's the bad option to view. Um, they say, but if you're obeying the commands, that's legalism. But legalism is a term of justification. Okay, legalism is a term of justification. When you say you have not obeyed, therefore you're not saved. Or you have not obeyed, therefore you've lost your salvation. That's legalism. Legalism is in the justification box. OK, and so people, when they hear commands and say you're seeking to obey the commands, that's legalism. You know, they only have one box. OK, so don't worry about that, that that um, argument against you, because they're saying commands, you know, if you're they're saying you're putting the commands in our, our one box. And what's your response back to them in terms of our language here? You should have two boxes. No, I'm not putting that command in the justification box. And no, that's not legalism. That's me follow, following my loving father. who's told me how to live for my own good, out of love for me. He's told me how to live. Yeah, man. Or they just
2: have never seen the full purpose of the law is to appear
0: to be separate from the other nations around
2: you. And yes. this
0: is how. Yeah, so you have this this whole stream, Matt uh, brings up to us, and and he's right. This whole stream in scripture of one of the reasons, one of the the reasons and effects of obeying the commands of God is it makes us stand out from the world or be set apart from the world, which is what set apart word, what religious word is that? Holiness. Holiness, yeah, we're set apart, uh, as Paul says, as stars shining in a dark universe. Okay? We stand out uh, and we, we give glory to God because the laws reflect God's character. So when we do the laws, that gives glory to God. We're showing the character of God in the world. Lights shining in the darkness is what Paul says or, or what Jesus says, uh, you know, light in darkness, city on a hill, that kind of thing. Okay? Does so that make sense, this argument and why that's not True legalism is an accusation from somebody who has one box, a justification box, and they don't know what to do with commands, so they've knocked out all commands, theoretically, in their minds. Yeah, Matthew. So, so, uh,
1: two things here. Um, One, this criticism of one box v. two box assumes that whomever you're, quote, criticizing takes a structured approach to their relationship with God and the church, but there's the a growing trend to have absolutely no structure. It's just how I feel. I don't need religion. It's just my friend Jesus. Yeah. So, like, how, I mean...
0: That's a version of this.
1: Okay, and that's what I was at, you know, asking, yeah. you know, is it still kind of fit into this critique? Yeah. Um, and if so, like, I'm assuming that I don't... If there was The argument would you couldn't really argue with someone like that, anyways, because they're not believing the Bible, you know. Right. So I mean, how do you even begin to have a conversation with someone whose fundamental approach to Christianity is not something that works with your fundamental approach to Christianity?
0: Yeah, I mean, a simple answer that that you won't you won't uh, um, um, you won't score the whole run on this, but maybe you know just get a single on this. You say, what do you do with all the commands in scripture, especially those like Jesus and Paul give in scripture to Christian people in the churches? Ask that question. They won't have a good answer. You won't have time enough to explain it, but you want to stick that in their basket um, so that they will struggle with that. And three, four years from now, maybe come up with something on that. And they may give you the wrong answer because they've been told something, um, but but you want to say, "Wow, that's a lot of commands by Jesus that we're ignoring." I don't know. Jesus you know, do the Ben Franklin on them.
1: Jesus is his love, so.
0: <laughs>
1: but um, I mean, also, I mean, that really kind of highlights the, you know, the, the importance of the Holy Spirit because it does it requires not only a faith that is, you know, that's given by the Holy Spirit, but also a fundamental change philosophical fundamental
0: change as well. Also, I don't think four in Roman numerals is four in one, it's
1: IV. Also, the Hebrew Ah, were- uh-huh, That's funny.
0: I guess those aren't the rule Ten Commandments. <laughs> it's possible because I don't know why
1: everyone would going to be using Roman numerals. I'm sorry, Moses. Yeah. Yes. Or QR codes. Yep. <laughs>
0: there we go okay so so the accusation of legalism means somebody has put the law in the justification box okay but if you put the law in the sanctification box there's no legalism because you're not losing your justification you're not even there Okay. Okay, um, so there they are. They, they, you know, that's the, the legalism thing is putting law. They're saying, you're putting law in the justification box and you shouldn't do that. And you say, I agree we shouldn't put law in the justification box, but, you know, and this won't make any sense to them, but somehow you're going to explain to them, you put law in the sanctification box. There are two boxes, and that's what we do with the commands of God so that we're not throwing out 85% of scripture. And say that to them. Help them to realize that they're throwing out scripture and disrespecting God. They don't mean to, but they are. Um, as as the uh, writer of Samuel says, despising me. That's what God says in first and second Samuel when people disobey his commands. He says, you're despising me. So he says to Eli, you've despised me uh, because his law, you know, if, if, you you know tell tell your child to do something and he or she doesn't do it, you know there's an aspect of despising and not respecting. Um, okay, so we don't uh, we don't put the commands in the justification box. Um, the Problem there is one box. There's no sanctification box. Okay, we're we're off to another bad option. Ready? Um, so our bad option, can you read this, uh, Reagan? Bad option
2: three, no sanctification marks,
0: and... And Mike. Ambiguous, vague,
1: commands
0: to keep. Okay. Okay. Um, now this is not, we're not talking about commands from the Bible. Okay. Um... Who can think what I'm, what I'm getting at here, or if you've been out in evangelicalism, you know the commands of evangelicalism that aren't in the Bible, which we would call binding your conscience commands. No dancing, recycle? What's that?
2: Smoking, drinking. Yeah, no smoking, no drinking. Hair short.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, there can be an argument for that in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 11. And so that and that's low on the cone um, we do we do have the the pictures of Jesus with long hair, but we don't know that he did yeah um, but that's uh that's certainly something to live by grace with, but yeah uh, so um now, if you're a good evangelical, what are the commands you need to do to be a good christian now that's we we've named legalism commands. If you've been from a legalistic Baptist background, those are the commands you've you've heard. You know, no drinking, no smoking, no dancing, uh, no no playing cards. Yeah. So legalistic Baptists. If you're if broadly evangelical, how do you be a good Christian? Yeah, Bill. Isn't
2: it? They just say love. Let's just all surround ourselves with love, be loving to everybody.
0: Love. Okay, I'll put that in liberalism. Okay, liberalism does that theological liberalism. Let's just love everybody and so let's have a gay pastor. Love is love. Yeah.
1: Go to win. Like, um, evangelism to the point of you have to win you have to win souls.
0: Okay, so that, that could be something there that, that, that with the, some kind of view of evangelism now we do have the command to make disciples. Okay, so that, you know, is, is kind of a question of degree. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's, let's do this. Wednesday night church. Again, that's legalistic Baptist. Maybe none of you have been in... Uh, d- d- think, think IV, think Navigators, think Campus Crusade, whatever you and in. Think if you've been in a, a mega church. What do you do to be a good Christian?
1: Sure.
0: You're still hitting legalistic Baptist stuff. Have a quiet time. Oh,
2: yeah. oh.
0: Small groups. Journaling. Yeah, Christian music only. Okay, now you get, you get my flow here. These are vague commands. Okay, it's, it's the um, don't swear. Don't get upset about anything. About anything. Because, oh, then you're not being gracious. You know, oh, he, you know, raped and murdered my daughter. Don't be mad. That's you. Know, you're not walking in the spirit. Okay? You know, that that kind of thing. Those are the vague commands. Only or, Listen to Christian radio and, and talk in the Christian voice. Hey, how you doing? Great. Basically. okay so so that's bad option number three not legalism it it is kind of but but that's not where where we are it's we're not going to look at the bible for commands to keep okay and this is what was freeing for me when i went to seminary because i came out of this bad option number three Okay, and and there are great things in Campus Crusade and IV and and navigators and, and uh, broadly evangelical churches. You're not going to be devoid of things that will help you in those places. I've things that have benefited greatly from my ten years in Campus Crusade or Crew, as they came to be known after we left. Um, but um, we came, I came came into the. Reformation world of Reformation theology and I learned there's something solid to do and it has nothing to do with my justification. And God loves me and so he wrote it down so I can do it. Honor your mother and father. Okay? Okay, I need to adjust the way I'm treating mom and dad right now. This is something real in my life. Okay, But in vague evangelicalism, it was, you know, if mom and dad say something and it doesn't help you love Jesus more, ignore them. Don't worry about the way you're treating them or talking to them. Okay? Or, um, you know, God's going to provide for you. So you've heard this story before. Betsy's brother was in, in a, a youth group in his 20s or a, you know, a singles group. In his 20s and they went to Kings Island yeah, for Cedar Point. For okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and so um, this this uh, uh, girl came to the, the, the sharing time of what good had gone on. And she shared she was so grateful because, you know, she was down and she couldn't pay her rent. And that um, somebody had left their wallet in the roller coaster. And so now God had provided for her. Okay, so that's evangelical, vague, vague, ambiguous commands there. God will provide for you without you shall not steal. Okay, you shall not steal is in this book. And that's a sanctification command for us. So we find the wallet, we go to the Kings Island, you know, uh, information booth, and we say, I found this. And they can make an announcement or, or just have it there so somebody can come and get their credit card and driver's license and, and cash. Yeah, Randy. So I did
2: know it
0: was going to have dollars in it. In <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so, so when you're out there in vagueness, God will, you know, pray. You know, if you have a need, pray. That's, that's kind of in this vague evangelical stuff. God will provide for you. Um, and, and, and so you just, you ignore the commands of God and, and you uh, go forward with these kind of vague things. God will provide for, him. I prayed and he provided, isn't that great? Yeah. So that, and that's basically what I was
1: going so to ask, not to minimize the, the Holy Spirit's, you know, effects, but it's the idea of like, I feel God leading me towards this. Yes. Like,
0: I, yeah. Yeah. I feel God leading me. What that does is it jumps the commands of God. Okay, And it's the charismatic version of the broadly evangelical, uh, vague, ambiguous commands. It's what you feel you want to do that must be God's leading. That, wouldn't that be great were it not for my sin nature making me feel like I want to do something sinful? Yes, and so sometimes it's it, and so it's a lack of distinguishing your feelings, which can come from a desire to be uh, loyal to God, or can come from your sin nature, which still resides in you. And how do you tell the difference between whether a feeling is uh, something from uh, from God or from your sin nature? Judge it against the Bible. Judge it against the Bible your only guide for life. So you bring it up against this rule or like a ruler. You say, I think that's nine inches. Let me get out my ruler and you measure it. And you say, it is nine inches. You say, I think God is, you know, wants me to do this. He wants me to to shut my mouth and not be a smart aleck to my mom. I think God wants me to do this. And I check that against scripture and it says, honor your mother and father. I say, okay, I'll shut my mouth. And and, and so we we check what we're going to do against Scripture. Though my sin nature says, Mom, you're always nagging me. Shut up. That's what my sin nature says. Right? Um, Okay. um, What's that?
2: (laughs) We would be toothless if it came out of our
0: mouth. Okay, so this is also an inconsistent position. Um and here's here's what it says um and so uh Harrison can you do this big long one can you read that it's kind of small
2: Salvation
0: of not meeting these expectations, but we use them as our standard of what makes us really guilty or and how to qualify someone as walking with the Okay, great. Thank you. Been been here? I've been here. I I lived in this for a while. Uh and so it, it's like, well, you know, like the crew, you know, how how many times have you shared your face this week? kind of thing. You know, and all these and the key key term in there is on the third line there. What a good Christian does. <laughs> See? And and what a good Christian does is not defined by the commands of Scripture which tell you what you should do. Rather it's defined by this vague kind of assumptions that don't seek the definitive. God saying, No, do this. Well, you know, I just want to be led by the Spirit. You want to be led by the Spirit? Do this. My Spirit inspired this command that's applying to your situation. My Spirit inscripturated this command that's applying to your situation. Don't you dare quench the spirit by not obeying my commands as a believer again if you don't obey you haven't lost your salvation you're not in the justification box but if you disobey the command sanctification box how set apart have you been in that particular thing if you have disobeyed the command not at all you haven't set yourself apart you've just acted like the world Okay, and the sanctification box are the commands here. And so what being a good Christian, and I don't use this term specifically, and you will never hear it. You can listen back, you know, in all my sermons of all, you know, all, what did I say I last week? One now. What was it?
2: Today.
0: Yeah, so, so, uh, so all my 2000 sermons prior, which are half of them are, on, uh, are are recorded and up on YouTube. Um, you can. You'll never see me use that term because people talk about being a good Christian and they mean this stuff. They mean being mamby pamby, um, and, and as my dad would use that term, <laughs> and some others that I won't repeat here. Not that they're swear words, but um, but but it, it, it's it's this wishy washy, um, not any oomph, uh, and, and so. Uh, 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 that's that's this view here. What a good Christian does, you know. You wake up early, you pray, you read the Bible, and you say, "God, what do you want me to do today?" And God says, "You just read my word. What do you think?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> do, what
0: it says. do what it says. Yes, you sound like James. <laughs> um, this is kind of dovetail into
1: that, like seeing your face in a mirror and walking away.
0: Yeah. And so talk to us about that. I wasn't going there, but absolutely. That's what that is. So it's, it's James in James chapter one, verses 18 through 25. James says, don't, don't be a, so James is talking to, um, what's the ethnic background of the people James is talking to. Do You remember Jewish. Jewish, but they were believers in Jesus. And, uh, what was one of their big problems in their church in Antioch as they were receiving um, these disenfranchised people who had fled from Jerusalem in the Stephen persecution? So what's a problem then that arises in this church in Antioch that James writes to in the Epistle of James? Treating the, uh, the Jewish better? Yeah, treating the, the, the poor Jewish Christians who had come out of Jerusalem, who had left their furniture and their, their goods and their businesses behind, The the problem was that the Christians in the Antioch church who were established weren't treating the poor Christians well. And James knew he could rely on the Old Testament, which says there should be no poor covenant people not being taken care of by the covenant people. That's Old Testament. In the promised land, among the covenant people, if someone's poor... You allow them to sell their property. You buy it from them for a fair price so they can buy, um, so they can, uh, buy what they need. And then you give them back the property at the Jubilee year. Or you just uh, give them money out of the, the, the money that's gathered every third year, that there's money gathered for the poor. And, and, and so you take care of the poor so that you have no poor among you. Now, this is covenant command for covenant people. It's not go to Babylon and give money from the temple to the Babylonian poor or go to Egypt and give give the money that's been given to God to the poor in Egypt. It's covenant people, people circumcised in their families. Okay, so in the church, like first first Timothy five, Paul says, Here are the people you take care of. And if a widow's young, tell her to get married again, so she's not a burden on the church. Paul Paul excludes certain widows from getting church money because they're able to provide for themselves. Um, And he tells families of widows, if you don't provide for your widowed mother, you're worse than an unbeliever. And they should not be a burden on the church because you're their family. You should provide for your widowed mother. Um, and, And so James writes and he says, You know the law. It says that there's a covenant person, a person in God's people who's in need. You take care of them. And that should shine forward in a world full of darkness that despises poor people, that lets poor people starve in their communities. But in the community of the people of God, everyone's taken care of. Uh, and, And so... Um, so James gets at that and he says, don't don't look at the law of God, which says, take care of your covenant poor and then turn away and forget who you are, that you're a covenant person called to take care of poor covenant people. Um, That would be a ridiculous thing, be like a person looking in the mirror and turning around saying, I forget what race I am and what color my hair is and how long my nose is and whether I have a mustache or not, male or female. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a ridiculous idea if you know the law. So so here's here's the bad option. Number three, it's this option where you say um, there are certain things we should do as Christians, but we're not going to derive those from specific commands of the Bible because we don't want to be legalists because we have one box. And so that keeps it just ethereal or vague, uncertain enough that you feel like you're not being a legalist. But you know, if you know if you are in that, you know that if you're in that realm, um, that if you don't do those things, like if you're not having your You know, if you only had two quiet times this week, that you're a bad Christian and you are being judged. So it is, in effect, law. And and it's a law that comes at you more legalistically because there's one box just a justification box. You're not being a good Christian. You're listening to Led Zeppelin and not Amy Grant. Yeah. Do you think it, it
2: could be that they have two boxes? they're saying this is how you're sanctified? your big paragraph up there?
0: It depends on whether they judge you when you don't obey their evangelical laws. Okay, so
1: does that mean this is conditional based on like how you're perceived as a Christian? Or
0: Yeah, that's a lot of, there, there's a perception, there's a vague perception of this is what a good Christian does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go ahead, Christina. You you've seen this. Go ahead, oh, talk. Yeah. yeah, big time. It just it was
2: the the person that was the most up front of everybody that had the big cross. And I mean,
0: yeah, it just, yeah. You wear a cross. That's another yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was
1: the focus. Yeah, yeah. And that's like when uh, we were in campus ministry,
0: mm-hmm. and I had a student. I was leading some girls in
1: the Bible study, and I student tell
0: me uh, what she says. She's like, I just don't see your walk. <laughs> yeah. So you have, a, you have a walk with Christ, and def- that walk with Christ is defined by things like how long are your quiet times? What's your prayer life like? How much are you sharing the gospel? Um, what's your voice sound like? Do you ever get mad at anybody? Did David ever get mad at anyone? Yes. Do you ever get mad at God? Yes. Did he ever dance? We'll talk about that today in the in the gospel lesson. And he danced. I don't know if he played cards, but uh, my dad grew up in an environment where he wasn't allowed to play cards or go to movies. No, yes. yes. That's right. <sighs> okay. Um, yeah, Jim.
1: I'm just thinking,
0: looking back at our evangelical background, we the churches.
2: It's, 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 there's lots of control mechanisms. It's almost like it's a cold. Yeah.
0: yeah. If it, you don't think
2: this way, what we think is yeah. this is how we're going to control
0: emotions and how we're going to control how you interact with us. Yeah. It's arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah. Great comment, Jim. And that is very true in my experience as well. When you're in this kind of environment, the, the vague set of commands, the ambiguous, here's what a good Christian is, serves as a control mechanism. And you know if you're in that environment, if I step out of this, I'll get the shuns. The lo- Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. It seems to me though that it, growing up in this, what I'm thinking is that it is really hard to unbridle yourself from it because when you do it long enough it's a comfort food <laughs> so when you hear of the secret, the secret rapture, yeah. all of a sudden you're like oh well maybe it is true you know, it's yeah. like there's a comfort to it yeah.
0: Right?
2: Yeah. I feel like uh, our Sunday school classes here it's very much like a BA program mm. uh, Baptaholics Anonymous <laughs> because Bah! Because of, <laughs> trying to undo yeah. some really um, imprisoning thinking. Like yes, it, it, yeah. I feel like chains are coming on all term. the time as we hear this. Stuff. yeah, And realizing how bridled I was to it and yeah. how there's a certain comfort because I was there so long.
0: Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and so that this is comfortably uncomfortable, mm-hmm. yeah. if that makes sense. Yes. It's like, oh, yeah. Wait a I didn't that sounds done.
0: like a Pink Floyd song. Yeah. That's a uh, comfortably numb. <laughs> yes. There, yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: great, great, great comment there and great uh, 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 term. Um, <laughs> boy, something you said before that Pink Floyd thing got my mind off. Um, it, 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 it is, and, and so here's the, here's the picture with these two boxes. You're on the team. Sorry to use a sports illustration, but you can imagine, even if you weren't into sports, you don't have to be in sports. You're on the team, and you're going to be on the team. And the coach says to you, get out there, rip these guys up. (laughs) Now, you know, he's not saying to have harm. Do the things you're taught to do. Do your job, do it with intensity, and let's win. That's not your coach saying, and, and so you come off there. And one thing I was grateful with my dad, he just said, John, do the things you know to do and have some intensity out there. And he never cared if I won. He, he exalted when I won. He was really happy, but he never, he was just never, and I saw it in his face and I saw it in his, in his, his or I heard it in his voice. He was never disappointed if we lost. If, you know, because we if you put it out there, he was like, man, that was great. Boy, those guys were good, weren't they? And that's what God's saying to us in the second box. He's like, you're my son. You're on my team. You're always going to be on my team. Now, I want you to thrive. It's fun to win. It's fun to win in life. Now, here's how you do it. Go for it. Don't mess around with looking at somebody with lustful eyes. Don't. That's fire. That's death. Don't do it. But when you do, this is the comforting Father that says, yep, you blew it there. But let's get it next time, right? Did you see how, did you see how that brought you all kinds of um, trouble in your conscience? You know, or, or you know, John, when you, when you, you know, things I regret in my, I have three plays I regret in my soccer career. And they were always, they were three of the same thing. You know, sometimes when you're like that far from the goal, and you're on offense, and the ball pops up, and it's here. If you kick it, you're going to kick it over the goalpost. And if you wait too long, a defender is going to come and block it. And so you've got to you've got to decide how how long before I kick that thing. And, and the higher and the, what's that? Yeah. And the and the, the higher you kick it, the less speed you have on it. And there were three times when it mattered. One may have cost us a, a you know, going forward in the playoffs where I was in that situation and I just I I, I went too soon. I, I choked, I was nervous. I was like, I gotta kick this, I gotta kick this. You know, but but my dad talked to me about that. You know, so that so the next time that happened I could say, you know what? If I kick it too high, it's either gonna go over or there's not gonna be enough speed on it. And so I gotta Exercise self-control. Let the ball come down a little bit further, and then I can place it. You know where the where the goal is not because you're that you're that close. But that's that's the thing when you when you do something wrong, you know you you come back and, and you learn from that thing that you've done wrong. Yeah, that didn't go well for me when I did it when I did it the wrong way. Um, I, I recognize that the wrong way. So that's what the that's what the two boxes are for us. And, and, and we're on the team, and the sanctification box is, is the coach instructing us. And, and God is not yelling at us from the sideline, just putting us down. He's calling us over. One of the best coaches I had was my junior year. I was playing JV basketball as a junior. But he, he, he instructed us. You know, we do something wrong. There were five of us who were juniors who were playing JV because we knew we wouldn't play if we were on the varsity. And we wanted to learn basketball. And we had this coach and he instructed us. And he'd come over and say, John, when that happens, you got to fake down before you pass it up. You know, and and he was on our side. And and we loved him. We didn't feel, we, we felt like, hey, he's seeking my success. And this is what God's doing with the commands. He's seeking our success. He's not saying, boy you've really blown it man i wish you know i had some coaches like that too you know boy if they were just more like me <laughs> those coaches said does that make sense to you um okay so um Can you see we, one comment yeah
2: concerning uh, when the evangelical or the baptist church would say okay you can't lose your salvation but you're losing your reward. You're not going
0: to have any crowns place to place of Jesus. Yeah, it, that's it's so framed in a guilt kind of way, um, and, and so it's 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 just it's out of the spirit of things. Um, certainly, as we obey, reward. Um, but uh, but that we don't we don't see Scripture in that kind of framework speaking to us, and kind of that that, that it's really.
2: It like works manipulation. It, yes, yeah, that's a, that's we need a good. To build this, yeah, big church, yeah. And if you're, you you can get rewards from it, we're not going to pay you, but God's
0: going to pay you. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's the motivation. Yeah, we big big church there. It's it's not, you know, yeah, that was tough, man. What what, what do you think about this and helping you? But yeah, Matthew, and then we'll we'll break. Okay, quick. <laughs> Yeah, he does. Go ahead. I have whitewashed tombs. Sometimes. Yeah, whitewashed tombs. Yeah. yep. Look good on the outside. It is, and so there's there's a veneer. I'm the good Christian, but inside, in terms of obeying the things God actually said to do, it's not being done. Okay, Matthew. Okay, all right. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Um, And we pray that you would now focus us well on you and and rejoice that you love us, that you've justified us through our faith in in your son, Jesus. And you've done that because you um, predestined us before the uh, creation of the world. And uh, your desire for us is good, and we're glad for that. Um, Help us to focus on you, that we worship you well. And help us, uh, help us to welcome well those who are coming in these doors. And we pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Um, since things are chaotic out there, a um, number of you go out and just see if there's anyone looking for the church and make sure they find their way in.